Welcome to episode 370 of the Overlook Hour. I am your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. He is sitting there very stoically. He is frantically researching as we open up the show. That tells me one thing, that he is dedicated. He comes in here with his lunch pail every day and he goes to work. That is Russell John, the fisherman. And I know that he is not very happy with how I introduced the show because there was a weird slur in my speech, but he probably doesn't realize that everything I do is mapped out and meticulously thought about. And yes, did I end that sentence in a preposition? Sure. Am I resentful that I did that? Yes. Am I also aware that I use the word resentful in the wrong context? I am also aware of that as well. Hi. <laughs> I think. Were you done? Do you like New Clark? Uh, no. You did like New Clark and then New Clark fell off. I think New Clark is a spectrum and we're in the mode of uh, sublime life. Where we have like four joints in the morning, three joints in the, after 10 minutes. Keep going. This is, yeah, a, this is a Jimmy Buffett song. He's a little, uh, he's difficult to navigate at times. Why? Am I being difficult? No. I, uh, no, uh, you're just high. I just thought I'm mellow all the time now. Yeah, but mellow, you know, the, it's fun going back and forth with you. But when you're in a mellow haze... It's like you're in a thick fog and you're not exactly sure where you are at all times. Well, Russell, you throw a lot of information at me. <laughs> I know. And it's appreciated. But sometimes it's just, it's just difficult. When you're high. When I'm high. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I get it. You know, distractions. I'm trying to be uh, a more clean and sober living. I'm trying to. Boo. I, <laughs> shut up. I'm going to straight edge. and um. You know, I've just been doing a lot. Of th- I went on a walk a couple of days ago after the uh, yeah. the verbal beatdown of uh, my my double ash shirt, where I was deemed as being ashy. I've been uh, okay, taking okay. a lotion bath every day. I want I want to be very I'm all clear. lotioned up. Okay, first of all, um, as expected, <laughs> Terrell blew that out of proportion because no no, it, no 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 no. If you remember, that was a part of the intro. And I was including myself in your company. You know, you always, you, you take the short clutch, you're, you're blaming the black man. We got an alphabet member Go of the family. Go to the tape. Go to I'm the just tape. saying, you know, blame be uh, given to whomever you choose. The hole in my heart is there and it's vacuous. And I've just been living in there. So I've been dunking my head in lotion every day wasn't, before wasn't we that, come out here. Wasn't that the name no, of the film? Did, oh, wait, which? My heart won't vacuum until you tell it to. <laughs> My car won't start because your heartbeat or something. Yeah. I'm, hey, that was a good movie. Um, it was a good movie. And he was a better guy. Yeah, very. Because um, he was like, hey, you talk shit about my movie. Let's talk. And we were like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You're just kind of high all the time. I feel like I need I an edge is, is this an intervention? <laughs> Bringing no. in, I will bring in uh, Randy Michael Sat, <laughs> engineer, and Oksana Valerio of Osachi uh, to the discussion. Am I being intervened right I, now? I feel like we have a physical measure because we have so many ease tote bags just like <laughs> laying all over the house now. I feel like you get a new one every other day. 
Do a big order all at once. It's expensive. Yeah. That too. <laughs> so what? And you said you what is happening right now? No, you know, because what's the alternative? I I think the weed is better than the tobacco. Yeah. I quit the cigarettes. Sure. I know, which again was a bit. <laughs> but I'm but I'm smoking marijuana at the rate I was smoking cigarettes. I no, dude, it's gotta cost way more, right? It's so much yeah. more. Well, I'm just waiting, you know, I'm waiting for you to like finally tip over the ledge and start getting brutal panic attacks. I had one the other day. It was I do have a period most nights to where I kind of have like, okay, if I have a heart attack, what's the protocol? Oh my God. That is a, that is a constant, almost a semi-daily thing I think about. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my diet has been very poor recently. Yeah. And because um, I was doing great for a while and my diet is very poor and I have pretty consistent indigestion and like, it will manifest generally as like my heart will skip a beat and I don't have to burp. Okay. <laughs> but that's always like, oh, now it, the time is now. And then your arm goes numb. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I, I, I do get high and think about heart attacks. When I drink uh, my second coffee in the morning and my heart rate uh, spikes, that's when I'm thinking like, oh, is it the time? Am I going to drop right now? I'm thinking... I don't think protocol, though. I just think, all right, goodbye. I think I would cut caffeine before I cut marijuana. Interesting. I think marijuana does more for me. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah, I am doing... I don't know. I I feel like I'm catching up on a life that I should have had 15 years ago, and I didn't. (laughs) And I'm just catching up on this shit, which is pitiful at 36. But, you know, our path is our path. What do you want me to do? Um... It was just like the cigarettes. I, I did that for I did that as a bit, basically, uh, to see if I could quit. <laughs> How'd and, it go? And then I flirted with it. I, d- let yeah. me tell you, once you it's I don't think about them. Yeah. You know, I don't think about them. I think about the dead periods in the day. I get it. That were filled by the cigarettes. That's yeah. what I think about. Yeah. And that's where marijuana is coming to play. I, I, I get and that. And I always had a strict church and state uh, relationship with marijuana, like during like productive hours. Yeah. And uh, now that line has been blurred. Um, there have been uh, mixed, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mixed effects. Yeah. I, well, I mean, you've worked with people who show up blasted and you're just like, I'll tell you, I have. Uh, it helped me through a creative idea I had to have. That's fair. And, you know, I do think of both coffee. Knock that out of the park. Coffee and THC are both utility, I think. And you can use them in correct ways. I just think when you're when you're bored and you're band-aiding it, like I used to do that with alcohol. Again, late, because I didn't drink till I was like 22. Yeah. So it was like, I just went hard at it. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a bummer. But again, utility. Because social setting get loosened up a little bit. But I mean, I, I totally sympathize with you because Oksana, we do everything together. Like we hang out all the time. I look forward to it every day. And uh, what, she, yeah, uh, you found a love. Yeah. 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 Ha ha oh, ha. Well, I can't <laughs> brag enough about Randy it. and I are going to go into the grave alone. <laughs> well, here's the thing. That's right. She abandoned me a couple of days ago. And I mean, I just, I don't understand. Oh, are we going to get a story on that? Of why she abandoned you? 
Yeah. It's a good story. She went to go see a fucking band. Randy, do you know about this? I don't. Oh, Oksana. So, I mean, honestly. Story time. Maybe it's at least been a year since we've done something without one another there. I could probably confirm that. And yeah, it's probably, Which probably is longer. pathetic. No, you know what? <laughs> I love hanging out with her. And right. that's why I was shocked and deeply saddened when she said, I'm, I'm leaving today. I'm going somewhere else. And I said, well, what are you going to go do? You want to? Uh... I lived my 90s fantasy and I saw Hanson live. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? What are they doing? Fentanyl? Why were they in town? They have been putting shit out, I guess, since since Mbop. <laughs> and I haven't heard any of it. I didn't know 95% of their catalog at least i think i knew four songs nobody has i didn't know i will tell you they had a very weird crowd and a lot of people knew all the words to a lot of songs all right describe weird what do you mean we saw <laughs> there was Jelaine maxwell looked, <laughs> she looked like she was at least like 65 and she was wearing a very a glittery dress and she had the shoes like a rhinestone covered shoe and she looked like she was about to fall down. Some guy was holding her up. And I can't tell if she was drunk or just exhausted. Why didn't you call me? Because oh, their God. set was over two hours long. Oh, my God. They're insane. Um, they added two guys to the band. <laughs> what? Are they brothers? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to go PC. It's like a black dude and no, an Asian guy. They're McCoys, dude. They're just inclusive. I, I think that one of them, I think it was a black guy, but I couldn't tell. I couldn't see the other guy. <laughs> well, the, the, okay. I, you know what? I hope it was a black guy. Because think about, you know, the Thompson twins. Oh, damn. There were three of them and one was black. <laughs> Do whatever you want to. Holy shit. They have a ton. And also, so you saw them at the historic Fillmore? I did, yeah. Yeah. No posters? Did they have a poster? I don't think so. Damn. I didn't see one. Randy, what's the criteria? Randy's our resident uh, Fillmore um, expert here. Yes, sir. At the Overlook Out. Randy, what is the criteria for them to print a poster at the Fillmore? Because that's what they're famous for doing, but they only do it certain times. I don't know. I don't know about any uh, said criteria. I do know that if you're trying to leave during the last song, you will not get a poster. Oh, that's also And that I've almost been guilty of that. And then I just uh, went back upstairs and pretended like I went to the bathroom and then I came back down after the show ended. Dude, you got to get that poster. Got to. I oh, think I have like four of them up in my house right now. For people that don't know, um, and I know that you know, we, we try to curb the... Um, the local talk here, but we don't at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but the Fillmore is a historic uh, vi concert venue here in San Francisco. Um, it was one of the uh, Bill Graham, um, who's a giant, um, you know, concert entrepreneur um, back in the seventies and really kind of put, you know, giant concerts on the map, certainly on the West coast. And, and so, you know, this was Fillmore West um, San Francisco, as you remember, you know, Fillmore, obviously, in, you know, New York. Um, Great venue. I don't know. Capacity, probably what? 11, 1200 people. Uh, basically one big room, uh, ballroom. And then you've got, uh, one, one or two balconies. Um, I think they're two. Yeah. But they're, they're weird. Like, yeah, they're like little balcony table areas where people were already, you know, blocking the whole thing. So we had to be downstairs. And I ran into, um, Ray. I, I, 
I can't remember his last name. Um, he does the SF Comic Book Co. YouTube channel. He gave us some drink tickets because I guess he he also came out to up. He's the program or um, the, what's it called? I think he's like the floor operations manager. Yeah, at operations the film manager oh. there. So as soon as we came up, I forgot how many stairs there are. We came up to the, <laughs> up all those stairs. He was right at the top, and he was he remembered me, and so we talked for a little bit. Um, hey, I got to reach out to Ray because you know, uh, famously. I was crippled at a Seven Dust concert and they brought me back into a back room <laughs> where they told me to walk on my leg, which later needed to be put in a cast. Allegedly. Uh, this happened. And uh, <laughs> Allegedly. the only crutches they had <laughs> that they found in the back had no rubber padding for your armpits. So Allegedly. my armpits were completely bruised <laughs> when I got out of there. Also, I had to go down in crutches the giant flight of stairs you just talked about. They have an elevator. They do? At I... the time, hey, they directed me down the stairs. Okay. Damn. Allegedly. <laughs> so he's, yeah, so we got to get Ray on the line. I'm going to complain about him. Also, he gave you stickers and pins, which I didn't even know they had there. He yeah. gave you crutches. It wasn't him. <laughs> I will at least vouch for Allegedly. him there. But they need a medical expert because I was killed. Uh, last thing I want to say about the film war is the um, when I was doing roast, we roasted a juggalo. Do you remember that, Russ? Mm-mm. I, I roasted a juggalo one time, and the guy just who, a juggalo like off the like well he had a the guy the on. guy who was <laughs> the jug who played the juggalo was a former juggalo. Oh but, no! And but he was a former juggalo and current at that time doorman at the film oh okay and um yeah everything went fine and then it you know as time turned out and you know everybody started friended everybody friended each other on facebook and this was back when facebook was bigger than it is now this was like eight years ago and uh huge MAGA guy, this guy. <laughs> and if you can imagine the, the tension with all the other San Francisco comics, man almighty. Wait, hold on. I will never forget those Facebook posts. Okay, okay. So first off, now I understand why you got out of the comedy scene. We always talk about not punching down. You were roasting a dude who was an ex-juggalo dressed in probably ICP makeup. <laughs> That is the lowest hanging fruit. He put ICP makeup on. Oh yeah. my God, that is so sad. Yeah. Then <laughs> he's an ex juggalo, but decides, eh, my life's not spicy enough. Let's go ahead and throw on a red cap. And <laughs> now this is how he chooses. So, <laughs> when, when he quits that, will he be brought on stage to be a roast an ex MAGA guy? No, 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 man. Oh my it was, God. It was rough. It was rough. Dude, um, Andrew Schultz has like that that fantastic bit about how the MAGA hat is the white man's teardrop tattoo. Yeah. Dude, it's so good. He's just like, how difficult do I want to make my day? I'm like, dude, you fucking nailed it. Because that's every I've never seen a MAGA hat in the wild. I mean, we live in the Bay Area. I'm going to tell you, even even when like, you know, I'm in an area to where it's expected. Yeah. It's still like. Your heart skips a beat. I'm not even kidding. It's like, all right, okay. All right, well, we're in this. Well, here's the thing. Re- Republicans like, don't fuck with MAGA people mostly now. No, it's, the it's, so it's really like. That's why I can't wear this thing. Man, how good. Okay, he's holding up a, uh, a swag item from the first purge, which was they made a red hat that in white letters, it's just printed the first purge. And I remember when I got that hat. So good. I was like, wow, what a, what an astute 
judgment of what will be a powerful symbol and a way to make it a marketing tool. And we wear it as a joke around the house. And people are like, whoa, whoa, dude, I thought that was. And it's like, yeah, that's. Well, also, I mean, didn't Trump stop Fred Darsh from wearing red hats? <laughs> Did he? Did he retire it? Because <laughs> do, you, do you see him wearing red hats anymore? I, I really don't see him I don't very know, often. <laughs> that I, How cool would that be if Fred Durst came out? He's like, I'm retiring it. Oh, by the way, I'm never going to be able to pronounce her name correctly, but I hope I do one day because I'm a big fan. Uh, we'd love to chat with her. Uh, the, the director of uh, We're All Going to the World's Fair. Yeah. Um, her new movie, uh, Fred Durst is in it. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I think our, oh, because their second movie, I think, is already uh, completed. So this was uh, announcing a third. So, yeah. They're, they're rocking and rolling. Um, we were, Jane. Huh? Jane? Jane, but yeah, what's her last name? Schrodenbaum? Schoenburn? Schoenburn, yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Well, we mentioned Terrell earlier, and uh, for his birthday, I actually got him a copy of that on Blu-ray. And we'll talk about taking a risk. I was like, this is a movie he might fucking hate. But the cover was so, like, the presentation of it was so solid that I'm like, I think collector trumps film fan so he saw it, he went oh this looks great and he was like the movie eh, kind of weird but like yeah yeah but fantastic blu-ray if you don't own it i love I, it. I haven't watched it yet but i'm very happy i, I love it. that film oh okay and i know we're long here i don't know how much we have later on i think randy's got five movies but i'm a, a little thin <laughs> in the film department time i had to share something that i forgot to mention last week uh we were hanging out with my parents and every now and then my mom will uh I don't know what, whatever substance she's on. She gets a little uh, loose and starts revealing parts of the past that I never knew were uh, a thing. Oh my goodness. So uh, I just, uh, I thought it would be uh, an interesting thing to mention that I uh, apparently have auditioned for a film before. <laughs> oh, what? oh, yeah. Yes. So she brought me to a film audition in the Bay Area. Now I must've been four. I don't remember this you at don't all. remember? But she vividly remembers entering there with all these children who are auditioning for this part. You can go ahead and guess the movie in a minute. But she said she looked around and just the way that the moms were interacting with all their little boys. She was like, oh, yeah, we don't belong here. She's like, they were very, uh, I don't know, you know, what's that show Honey Boo Boo came from? They're very uh, stage mom, like very, you need to do. And she was just like, we just showed up on a whim. What, what year were you born? 85. I have my guess. Do you? I do. Randy, you got a guess? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Um, no, I shouldn't give any clues. All right. What, what's your guess? Home Alone. Home Alone? What, does that sync up? I think the it does. Year, the year sync up is 1990. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I don't know what year the movie came <clears throat> out. But she mentioned it casually. And I was like, wait, excuse me? Randy, you got a guess? Is it a movie that takes place or is shot in California? I have no idea. I mean, I guess so. They did casting out here. Uh, here, I'll give you a subtle hint. Um, the main actor in the movie later went on to be a governor of our state. Last action hero. That's what I was going to say, but I think that was later. Uh, no, fucking kindergarten cop, dude. I, dude, I was going to get there. <laughs> Fuck, that's awesome. She brought me to an audition for fucking kindergarten cop. Dude, that's so good. And now here's the thing. One, I'm like, well, I fucking is, love Arnold. Dude. This How is your fucking... love of Arnold. And I'm like, I could have, dude, I could have. 
But then I was thinking, wait a minute, kindergarten cop. Now I didn't get the role. I didn't even get a fucking extra spot. <laughs> damn. How many kids are in this goddamn movie? You were an ugly ass kid. I must dude. have been. <laughs> something. Something was going on. I honestly, uh, I was kind of shocked. I'm like, what the hell? Why'd you bring me there? And what did she say? I think it was like somebody had told her it was happening and they were just like, oh yeah, you might want to go. So she just brought me. Now, uh, again, at this point in my life, my mom was a single mother, quite a wild child. My earliest memories are of her leaving me with my grandma to go to a baseball game. Her and her <laughs> girlfriend all dolled up. So uh, thank you, mom. I really wish I could have been in kindergarten cop. <laughs> <laughs> you should have tried harder. You should have I made me would. practice. God, well, we could have gotten fucking Harry Shave Club if you'd have been in kindergarten cop. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I know. The sponsorship. We've missed yeah, out. I can't believe I just, I completely forgot about that. What a shame. All right. So. I don't think anything can top that that bomb, so which that, is my film career. <laughs> we bring in another bomb of a film career. All right, you ready? Let's do it. Let's bring them in. Good morning. It's September 4, 2022, and it's a Sunday. Day two of weekend projects, and the fun work train is rolling. Today, I'm going to be heading to one of the seven dining cars to get hot coffee and maybe some popcorn. Hell yeah. And depending on the heat, I hope to get to work with today mainly tempera paint. <laughs> Everyone, All right. have a great day. All right. Good seeing you, David. What a meat and potatoes day for David Lynch. All right. The one day he sticks around. My goodness. Yeah. It's pretty well bada bing, bada boom. You know, we're we're still getting numeric values on the on the cars. <laughs> and I think that's interesting. I'm glad he kept that alive. Yeah. A little bit of whimsy to this. The popcorn. The popcorn's staying true. Popcorn Brothers and, and coffee. sisters. Weird combination. No, it's not. I've had popcorn it's and coffee good. with you regularly. I think Randy lives off coffee and popcorn. If you go to a Pretty 1 much. p.m. movie at like an independent theater, you're having popcorn and coffee. Dude, Randy has coffee popcorn body. <laughs> <laughs> like if if you say someone lives off coffee and popcorn, that's that's your guy. That's your market right there, dude. That's the guy. I don't know. I think you need a little bit of starch in there to like soak up the coffee before you have the uh, coffee and popcorn. Okay, put a little mashed potatoes in there. Oh <laughs> <laughs> you know? All right. Well, I, you know, we didn't intro him. I think he keeps it short when we don't intro him. But I like David, and I like, I keep the cars alive. I love car counting. But uh, now we're all counting on Oksana to have a coherent idea together. <laughs> as... Uh, <laughs> As we bring back uh, oh, Shay. one of the favorite segments, one of the favorite stingers ever. I'll just go ahead and play that now. <laughs> it's the female back. <laughs> this is where you start talking. So we've been teasing, uh, or I guess I've been mentioning that we've got. Uh, a pretty long email from a couple of weeks ago that never felt like the right time to read, but I guess 
we're gonna go into it <laughs> so um hey everyone your old pal mickey here have you seen the hotel inferno films if so what'd you think of them if not here's a quick rundown now mickey from the three friends podcast correct okay yeah. he's alive he is he's on discord he's on often on facebook and now he's in our inbox it's <laughs> <laughs> hot um Hotel Inferno is a micro-budget micro Italian splatter exploitation series. The first one came out in 2013. There are currently three, and it looks like there are six planned. The longest in the series is 77 minutes. The shortest is 65, so you can comfortably watch them in one sitting. Whoa. I uh, just pulled this up on IMDb. Look at the fucking poster. <laughs> oh, hello. Look at the, the posters for the sequels, too, look great. This is gnarly. Um, they are told completely from the POV of the main <laughs> character, and the best way I can think, the best way I can think to explain them is if Baskin were a FPS with the aesthetic of a particularly gross regional scare maze. That sounds amazing. Uh, the first one is to, is about the hitman on a job gone wrong trying to escape a hotel of demons. The sequels, and this is a light spo spoiler, but also a selling point dip into a more fantasy territory oh i'm in i know <laughs> i'm out <laughs> i know just saying this is going to be taken as a challenge but i swear this is some real russell shit <laughs> <laughs> the movies are obviously dirt cheap but they also work wonders with what they have and i think the bizarre okay. homage and that hmm? no sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there i was going through imdb photos and they're all it's fine i'm sold you're yeah. in love yeah the bizarre homemade nature of the effects both practical and digital make it feel more otherworldly and both more funny and more scary than they would be if they had serious budgets and of course they're getting terribly rated on letterbox imdb and everything else <laughs> i'm trying to figure out if i'm wrong or if everyone else is if you do end up watching them i'd say don't let your opinion on part one affect your decision to watch part two part one is exciting in a, in a lot of ways but isn't quite there yet two is a masterpiece as far as i'm concerned your friend mickey dude thanks mickey that you know here's the problem when we do like a weird niche podcast about film review we get a lot of recommendations and I, we have a list of shit we need to watch for sure and i really am committed to try and sit down with clark and watch him so it makes it difficult but i think this one's gonna it might be jumping ahead of a lot of things. Also, on IMDb, it looks like David Lynch is acting in this movie. It does. It does. <laughs> uh, Mr. Rainer Burton. That's a hell of a name, too. Also, uh, Frank Zamosa. Thank you. Thank you, Mickey, for that. Very thoughtful, as always. Uh, but for future reference, um, let's shorten up those emails. Huh? Okay. <laughs> that, that was a very long email, and we don't need that kind of riffraff. So clean it up. All right, we, this is not a, you know, you're not sending in a, a, an article to Mother Jones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we keep it nice. And because I changed the tune, because we're about to do a TBR report, and I now read the TBR reports. Guess who cleaned up their act as soon as I started reading it? That's right. Thomas Burke. <laughs> Tom, of Tom, the TBR report. Who, whom I hope is not mad at me, because, man, it's been a, oh, man, you know what? We'll get into it once we start. Are you good? I see you loading up on your uh, Mountain Dew Zero. What are you drinking today? Don't insult me. 
I mean, you insult your tongue by <laughs> putting that you? shit on it. Yeah, you, <laughs> I, as a reminder, you have the worst palate of all time. Wait, I drink La Croix and I eat Korean corn dogs. That's all I do. Exactly. I yeah. Know. You, you, miss, you mispronounce La the Croix. Bever- you mispronounce the beverage you drink, and then you eat children's food. Yeah, I should. I should just say polar. La You're Croix? fifty-three years old. I mean, should I hold up a mirror right now? <laughs> he's he's since donned the red hat and put it on backwards. Well, we talked about Fred Durst, and I just wanted to represent. Okay, you're doing a good job. Um, all right, are you ready? Yeah, let's kick it off. The TBR reports. Brought to you by PureVHeart.com. All right, now typically whenever we have a long break from TBRs, it's because. Uh, Thomas Burke, our found footage adventurer, gets lost in some foreign country. This time, it's solely on me. We've just had uh, a lot of guest opportunities. <laughs> you know, I was I'm contemplating in my head making excuses right now. The problem I had was that this is a two and a half hour fucking long movie. So I just want to get that out there before you read the email. And um, again, I, I apologize, Thomas. So I'm going to do my best right now. This week, I want to recommend a Bengali found footage film called The Rest is Personal from 2013. Synopsis. While shooting a documentary on true love, Pramit learns of a mysterious village where anyone who enters will fall in love. He and his cameraman decide to seek out this strange place. I admire how countries such as India, Japan, and Turkey are like found footage movie hubs, yet no one really talks to these types of films are coming out of there. Nevertheless, the rest is personal. is probably one of the best I've seen come out of India. It's not even remotely a horror film per se, but as an audience, I believe we are guided and entertained through the protagonist's journey. It's one of those movies I think you should put on a rainy day because one certainly should be in the right mood for the found footage and uh, for the found footage and romance combination. But luckily, here on the TBR report, we make all the rules. So check it out and let me know what you think. Booyah, Thomas Burke. Tom, so good to hear from you again. And um, behind the scenes, I did tell Thomas, issue me a challenge. You know, don't be scared. It doesn't have to be horror. And uh, fuck, man, he's right. Japan, Turkey, they they really are found footage movie hubs. And I think a lot of it just comes from great ideas, not a lot of money. What's What's the Indian found footage? film we saw motorhead oh i don't remember you know it was on netflix too yeah and it was good it was yeah yeah you gotta look that can you try and find that Mm -hmm. i can't think of what that was called now it's i'm glad you mentioned that because this movie feels like that and i think the problem that thomas is kind of aware of but not articulating is holy shit is there a lot lost in translation like also like where is where was this movie filmed? You know what I mean? Like it's Calcutta because I looked it up. But there's just so much work put on the audience, like an American audience who we're kind of spoiled. Like we're used to just letting the movie wash over us. Not only is this movie two and a half hours long, but it's one of those heartfelt like indie films. Like I really think I I know I say this a lot, but if somebody was really gonna connect with this movie, it might be Randy. But here's another problem. I think it might only be available on YouTube. So I watched it on YouTube, which is great because it's free. But the quality is just, it's grainy in a digital way. 
like you know how we all love shot on film because of that texture it gets this has the texture of an internet connection that's trying to buffer and it really hurts the film because it's visual so if, if you can see this some other way i i recommend you do because dude we're dealing with the guy who uh he's a filmmaker we all love those kind of protagonists i believe in the dirties a film that you and randy really loved it's another like faux documentary where we're dealing with the guy trying to make a movie and in or this, like our favorite character nope yeah or descent to darkness yes, of course <laughs> and you know american movie this one you're it's s- all right you're so steeped in a culture that we don't see on screen like it's hard to really find your footing except that this guy feels like he lives in LA. He's a dork. You get that. It, it translates without even words. He's trying to make a movie. And the movie of course is about love because he can't, he can't even understand how people fall in love and he tried dating. It doesn't work out. The, the reason this gets a little hard is because we're dealing with the culture that has arranged marriage we're dealing with the culture that uh, you can have multiple wives and all of this stuff kind of organically comes up in an multiple ex- problems. Well, talking about. the thing, you know, and there's some moments in here where he interviews two wives of a uh, gentleman and talks to him about it. One and I'm cup. like, wait, what? Two wives, one cup, one cup. And uh, it's interesting because you're like, I feel like this is probably something you don't hear a lot in film in that area. But to us, I almost feel like a, I don't know, like a judgmental viewer where I'm like, well, of course, there's going to be problems here. Or like, you know, like, oh, you know, America, we're so in love with the, the whole like falling in love thing that like a arranged marriage just seems almost barbaric. So there's like there's already bridges for us to gap. But this is a road movie and it's dealing with um uh, you know what? I'll, I'll give you a little bit. Honestly, I shouldn't be worried about spoilers because I think at this point I can only help people get interested. So what we do is uh, he through on the street interviews, which I believe are real, like people who aren't scripted and he's just talking to. Um, one of them mentions a city where you can go. And if you go there, you always end up falling in love. Aww. There's always a girl for you. And he's like, this is dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, let's check that out. So he finds the lead to a Sherpa who is a character with two wives. And this guy, he feels skeevy, but he also feels like he doesn't mean any harm. So it's tricky. And he's like, well, you know what? We're making a movie. I should follow his lead. And the movie takes a slight tonal change when they discover the secret to this village that you can't find. If you're looking for you have to go to a bus stop and just wait and you'll be approached by a dude who's like, hey, do you want to ride? And he'll bring you there. But that's it. You just have to show up. You don't tell anybody. That's like one of those haunts. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like um, it reminded me of the House of October built. Where it's kind of like the blue skull thing or Breaking Bad. But here's the thing. We're doing when an, you an, go at Hidden Identity. Wait, what? <laughs> Breaking Bad, where Walter went, uh, he met the vacuum salesman? That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and you're kind of like in another world. But here's the thing. All the other shit we've mentioned, are, they're genre movies, where this feels almost like documentary or like autobiographical. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, okay, we're introducing a potential for like spiritualism or like, I don't know, wizardry. And uh, the movie doesn't change tonally. But we start getting into like semi weird territory. So it's not a horror film, 
it's definitely an existential horror film. And if you do, if you're, if you have a rainy day and you want to get, uh, you want to do the David Lynch combo and get a coffee and some popcorn, and you're really just in a mode where you can lock into a film. I really think that's the only way you can watch this one. It, um, if you're even a little fidgety or if you might have something else to do, I could see you standing up and bailing on this movie and not of any fault of its own other than maybe, uh, distribution. Were you able to find if it's available anywhere else other than YouTube? Cause no. again, we can tweet that link. Um, we'll put it out there if you want to watch it, but I, it's a really weird sensibility you got to have. You got to be really into like mockumentary. You got to have kind of Randy's palette of film where it's like foreign, very nuanced, very long format too. I mean, here's, here's another thing, Tom, in your next email, I gotta know, are you watching this movie at 1.5 speed? Because you're such a little busy motherfucker that there, you know, in my head, I'm thinking of a mystical land where Thomas Burke, the found footage adventurer, takes two and a half hours out of his very busy life, throws on this film, and just enjoys it. And I have a really hard time imagining that. So you gotta let me know. Okay. First of all, <laughs> I feel like, look, man, you gotta, Russell, you need to have a better marketing brain. Because okay. what what you're doing right now is that you're 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 asking the professional wrestler to take off his mask. No, the lucha <laughs> keeps the mask on. Well, here's the thing. If so, okay. Uh, I'm glad you challenged me on that because it's not that I don't believe Thomas watches these movies, but you'd have to watch this whole movie to understand that it is it's good. It's a good film. Yeah. But it's just that level of commitment for a dude who is. He's scouring the internet trying to find new found footage movies. He can't be watching them all. Yet he gave this movie that dedication. I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I guess I am kind of asking the wizard to reveal himself here. Yeah. Because I don't know how you do it, Tom. But, um, man, dude, thanks for the recommendation. And uh, honestly, I don't even know how you would market this movie. It would almost have to get a Criterion release and like a booklet of essays explaining why this movie's worth your time. To get an audience in on it. What'd you write it? I don't know. I haven't even thought about it. I'd probably give it a three and a half. You oh, know, and I'll tell you. Lower than I thought. It's lower because the quality really fucking hurts this movie. Imagine watching American Honey, like a road trip, beautifully filmed, like movie on YouTube, buffering. It's almost like, what are you doing? Like at every point in this movie, when it's really starting to like work. You're like, should I turn it off? Like, I feel like the director would be pissed if he saw me streaming this thing with like artifacts all over because it's like digitized. <laughs> it really felt wrong. So again, uh, and again, did anybody want to try and take a shot at saying its actual title? No. Because it is a tongue twister. Oxana, you want to give it a go? Absolutely not. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what is the American title? It is... Uh, the rest is personal. The rest is, yeah. Um, hey, this is a good movie. If um, Maybe we should raise some money and force Randy to watch it. We'll do a Randy retread. Eh. Yeah, we'll do, a, we'll do a Randy retread. YouTube edition next week. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Thomas, I'm back, man. We're back on the TBR beat. So I'm excited to see what you got for me next week. And 
I'll go ahead and give a little warning now. I know he is going into production. Can you say all this? I don't know. <laughs> God damn it. Randy, yeah, here's what, Randy, leave, leave all that in, but blur it out with one long, like, <laughs> right. see how horrible that is. All right. And then that's all I got. All right. This concludes the Discar Report. This concludes the TBR Report. It's good to hear his voice again. That's right. They're making pretty good time today. I know, and so don't fuck it up. I know, we're doing okay. And we got a lean, we had a heavy front end of the show, mm-hmm. and we're less than 45 minutes in, so we're we're doing okay, boys. Okay, here we go. We're doing Here's it. Here's how we fuck it up, by <laughs> giving it to Randy, who's got 97 movies to talk about, when he goes to his favorite little theater down there in his favorite little video store. <laughs> Yeah, I, d- I did go to my favorite little theater yesterday for what is uh, now coined as National Cinema Day, apparently, uh, September 3rd. Yeah. I didn't know that. They're doing um, $3 movies yeah. everywhere across country, uh, a lot of theaters. Fuck that. That is the dumbest shit. All right. All you marketing <laughs> fucking dumbass people, let me explain something to you. September the 3rd? What the fuck? Go fuck yourself. That's when falls here. You know what's here? You know what September 3rd was? The opening of college fucking football. Oh, there we go. Don't make it. I think falls like later in September. But no, yeah. wrong. Yep. The real fall is yep. when fucking football <laughs> is here. When football is here, fucking fall is here. That is how America fucking is made. That is how we fucking thrive is through goddamn football. And movies go in the fucking summer. So for them to put National Cinema Day on February, on what is this, September 3rd? Dumbest shit I ever heard of. Randy, back to you. Weird. I knew about Cinema Day. I had no idea college football was back. Yeah, I don't know if you know, but I think a lot of the people that would care about National Cinema Day don't care about college sports. Also, uh, there's motherfuckers like me, dude. Don't forget, $3 movies, but also a discount on concessions, I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? There wasn't any discount on concessions? Uh, concessions at the plaza but you know they're yeah. independent so i was happy enough just to get a three dollar ticket to see uh, a 35 millimeter print of kurosawa's throne of blood oh, oh yeah. baby which i had never seen before um i was a couple minutes late this wasn't due to me leaving the house late i t- what did i tell you <laughs> so this is what happened i met up with christian and him and i had a couple drinks next door and had food and at like 6.40, our, uh, our waiter was like, you guys got to make a 7 o'clock movie, yeah? And we we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, cool, I'll get your checks. And then proceeded to not give us our check until like 7.10. Oh. <laughs> but luckily it was right next door. So uh, I missed like maybe the first like three minutes or something because they, uh, oh, dude. you know, had All credits and stuff before, but... <laughs> But yeah, hadn't seen it. Uh, yeah, just want to say that it was like a really, really great screening. The print looked fantastic. I had never seen it before. Uh, essentially, it is a uh, Macbeth story. Um, but yeah, it's great. Um, as mentioned, I had never seen it before. I have seen a couple of his films, but yeah, if you ever get a chance to go see, uh, I know we've mentioned it on the podcast before, Stanford uh, was showing 
Kurosawa Sawa recently, and uh, I think we went, I don't know, four years ago, three years ago. Yeah. Um, great time. Yeah, print looked fantastic. And uh, yeah, it was definitely the most crowded I've ever seen that theater. Mm. We had to go to the front row because we got in late and pretty much there were no like two seats near each other, pretty much. Damn. It's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, great time. What a lot. Besides that, I've been going through um, some physical Blu-rays that I bought recently and uh, actually trying to watch them instead of just having them sit in the uh, cabinet. Um, Shots fired. I've seen this movie uh, like in 2012. It came out in 2011. Have you guys seen Bellflower? I ask this question as you both take sips of water. I am aware of Bellflower, but I have not seen. So I, I, I barely remember this movie, um, but I remember digging it. Um, it has a really like interesting look. It is very digital. Um, and it's like, you know, 2011. So yeah, it's easier. Like the tech now is like, you can shoot stuff with an iPhone that might look a little better than parts of this movie. Um, some scenes look great, but apparently they like rigged their own camera out of like just random pieces of like other cameras. And there might be like some film camera lenses and stuff has a really unique look. Uh, as mentioned, it, it does look pretty digital um in some scenes um so it's a, it's like a little rough around the edges but um yeah i forgot how how wild this movie is essentially the main character who's also the director uh his name's woodrow he lives with his or he him and his friend aiden are like uh they're like tinkerers you know they like make make cool stuff they're very inspired by mad max and they decide that they want to make a flamethrower um, and they also have like Woodrow has this car that essentially like you pop the hood of the car and you pour whiskey into like a little like area of the, you know, where the engine is and everything in the jar. And then the, yeah. <laughs> and then in the passenger seat, there is a water spout and you have spout. to press a little button on the, uh, on the dashboard and then it's, yes. And then it squirts out whiskey. So you could be in the passenger seat. Uh, pouring yourself whiskey shots. Um, yeah, all the effects in this movie, there is an actual flamethrower that they do use, and it is, like, pretty, like, cool-looking. It throws... Um, apparently, yeah, apparently the uh, shooting of this film was not very safe. It's very uh, independent and, uh, you know, outside of the, uh, the studios um, and everything. Like, I don't think there was any... Um, the actors and stuff, I'm pretty sure we're not like, you know, repped people or anything. They're just very independent, um, production. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really cool movie. And I don't know where this director went, but it sounds like he has something coming out, uh, this year. But yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't really get more work before or after this movie came out because it's, like I said, it's a little rough around the edges, like some of the production or some of the, like, even some of the audio is a little rough in some scenes, but it's a it's pretty it's a pretty great movie. Maybe Randy, they didn't want the work. Do you think about that? <laughs> Maybe. Now, Randy, I, I had heard that he had been working on other things. There's another. If you go to his IMDb, there's another movie. Um, what's it called? It's called Polly Canary. Oh, uh, which also sounds rad, but I don't believe it ever got made. No, I'm thinking of another one. Okay. <laughs> Randy. You're thinking of the one in the coal mine. No. The canary? Wild canaries or something. It was like a, a whodunit thing. Doesn't matter. Go. 
Randy, how... Dude, this movie looks like it's made with heart, made with yeah. any union meddling, like you mentioned. Looks like yep. uh, they got no stuntmen, but it, it's not going to stop them. How yep. the fuck did you get turned on to this? I think, like... It was probably just on Netflix back in the day when Netflix actually had like cool stuff. Bros, y'all don't remember this movie? No. There was huge hype around this movie. Yeah. They were at like Comic-Con. Like I watched a Q&A from Comic-Con uh, on YouTube yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of a big thing. Like um, a lot of people were like just in bands and stuff that I knew had seen it okay. and uh, were like fans of it. So I remember, like I said, seeing it like 10 years ago, but I didn't really you know, remember a whole lot of it. I didn't see it because there was so much hype that I had heard about it. Crazy. Uh, this has never crossed like, my eyes this whole time. And I think uh, it's funny that y'all both mentioned Comic-Con. I think uh, me and Oksana are the only ones that have been to Comic-Con before, which yeah. I only say because there is a wide range of quality at Comic-Con. It doesn't take much to like get a booth, but if you have like a big PR kind of uh you're in hall C and you're doing a big press thing. That's one thing, but yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of bummed up. I missed it. You got it on Blu-ray, Randy. Yeah. It's a oscilloscope put it out. Oh, okay. That checks out. Okay. Because that's definitely a distribution company that I know you would peruse every now and then. Oscilloscope's yeah. tight. Dude. Yeah. But they've also got that kind of like, we put out film, not movies, even though it's like much grittier than. Uh, yeah, dude, there's always, yeah. there's always yeah. like a, a, a gritty, like, you know, there's a gritty tinge, almost like it. underground sort of yeah. feel to their stuff. Yeah. I, I'm bummed out because I get a little, um, I like them. timid with them just because of their pricing, but I definitely, they're one of the boutiques that I always think about. I got to go. I'm overdue buying like eight movies from them. Yeah, I like their style. Dude. Yeah. It took me two years to figure out how to pronounce their name, but once I was on board, <laughs> <laughs> we're rocking and rolling. All right, Randy, what else you got, son? Uh, yeah, the last thing I saw is the only new movie of the week. It is called Spin Me Round, <laughs> directed by Jeff Baina, uh, starring Allison Brie, uh, Tim Heidecker, Molly Shannon, Alessandro Nivola. Uh, who else is in this? Ego No. Ego Nuotum from uh, SNL. Big, big uh, comedic cast. Um, it is essentially a movie where Alison Bree's character, she's living in Bakersfield, working at a very uh, chainy Italian restaurant that kind of looks like Olive Garden, but it's not called Olive Garden. Wait, you mean like, you know, eight Cheney? Thank you. Yeah. I, thought you were gonna I was thinking more of Dick Cheney, but yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> Uh, but essentially, she gets chosen for um, this program for the managers of this company to be sent to Pisa, Italy to go through like this training thing and kind of just to like celebrate the company and kind of like learn a little more about the company. And uh, yeah, she meets the CEO of the company who obviously has a crush on her. And um, Aubrey Plaza is the CEO's assistant. So she kind of, um, you know, talks to Allison Brie and she's, uh, it's almost like she's trying to make friends with her, but essentially she just like drops him off at the CEO's boat and they like hang out and, you know, do uh, ro romantic things in Italy. Um, and then, yeah, some, some weird stuff happens from there. But, um, yeah, I've seen a couple movies from Jeff Baina, uh, and I haven't really loved any of them. Uh, this one, I think 
I think I like Joshi the most. And then maybe this one, he also did Life After Beth. And uh, The Little Hours. Yeah. Yeah, Little Hours was okay. I didn't like that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this is very similar. It's a, I don't know, it's almost like, uh, it's not really Woody Allen-esque, but it kind of just felt like, you know, he gets this uh, group of comedic, very fun actors to just go to Italy. Like a lot of his actually shot in Italy. And it's kind of just like a fun sort of like a light comedy. There's some, I don't know. I wouldn't really call it like thriller elements, but there's some stuff that some plot that happens. that's a, uh, you know, kind of, kind of fun towards the middle half of the movie. But yeah, I big fan of Alison Brie, uh, big fan of Aubrey Plaza, Tim Heidecker, um, all them. So it was fun, but yeah, it's not, it's not great by any means. <laughs> three <laughs> Randy taglines. It's like, the plot I think it's a three. It's yeah. kind of fun. <laughs> I, I didn't hate watching it by any means. Like I like everyone that's in it and it was, it was fun, but I don't know. There was some stuff towards the end that felt like they kind of just didn't know how to end it as well. So yep. didn't really stick the landing, but yeah, if you're a fan of, uh, you know, people in the cast, I think you might want to give it a, give it a shot. All right. What's this called again? Spin me round. How did you say this? VOD? I think it was like a $5 rental on VOD. All right, video, VOD. Video on demand. I understand what that stands for. All right, I, I have to pee, but it's my turn. So we're going to power through. I'm not going to think about it, okay? I'm going to hold it. That's my short episode, because daddy's got to pee. So I'm okay. going out whatever <laughs> stops we got to do so that we can trim it down. Doing great. Let's talk about it. Now, we already... We already sort of preemptively. It's great. Let me tell you something. We got a great uh, episode for you on Thursday. Russell, how excited are you for that episode on Thursday? I'm excited because it lends more weight to horror enthusiasts making a good horror film. Yeah. They nailed it. And like those motherfuckers. It's a longer episode. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm hoping that the Thursday episode is longer (laughs) than the Tuesday episode. Yeah, We're on track for that to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the Geary brothers, great. Uh, look forward to that on Thursday. Uh, but you know, we, we talk about, you know, I wanted to bring that up and, and, you know, briefly talk about, uh, what Brandy had already talked about, you know, Clark, the, the cinema thing and the college football, there's not a real correlation. That's incorrect. My segment today, Russell Fisher is college football in film. Thank you very much. (laughs) This is where Randy will be layering in some sounds that I will send him. So Russell has will never hear the sounds that are being played right now as he refuses to listen to the show. (laughs) And we're not listening to it, you know, live to tape. So Russell will never, you'll never know what music I've chosen. Uh, I don't know. Somebody clip it, put it in the Discord. There we go. How's the Discord going, by the way? It's fun. It's a very exclusive club. If you want to get in, you have to send money and an address to Randy. Did you get the pic- Did you put the picture I sent you yesterday? I did. Thank you so much. I literally took a screenshot from my phone with my and note, cropped it, and then put it in there. Thank you so much, Randy. Did you say that? I did. Yeah. Great addition. <laughs> I yeah. Look, man. You know, I he told me that there was a food channel. Yeah. So you know, when I do when I do the kookaburras. I do a little shout out. 
Do you like my little pyramid of wings? They were especially flat. And I was like, oh, these are stackable. No, my favorite thing is whenever we come home late at night from uh, D&D, we play Where Did Clark Eat? And we look for the trail of crumbs. And uh, let me go ahead. I'm going to take a guess. You ate where I normally sit on the computer in the front. That's crumbs. <laughs> crumbs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Plenty of crumbs. I, I needed two... Uh, what are they? Dish towels? I got one wet and then I had one dry. It was a big job. Well, yesterday, yesterday was a big day because it was uh, week one of college football. Not technically college football kicked off the week prior. That's week zero. They refer to it as it's, just, it's sort of a soft launch, Russell. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got, you know, we had some decent games and also Nebraska played Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland. No way. To kick off the college football is season. That, is that normal? No. Why were they there? First time it's they're starting well, you know, NFL will do that. They'll play international games like they play Mexico City. Just to they, confuse they always play in London. <laughs> um now every year we at least play one European game, uh working on playing, you know, Asia, things like that. Mm-hmm. The NFL's been doing that forever. And so I really think it's smart now uh, for them to start doing it in college and um you know, and Nebraska will travel. There were 30,000 Nebraska fans in Ireland. Oh, shit. Nebraska will do that. Um, wow. And they got beat. Uh, Nebraska's horrible. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's a whole other thing. But, and yesterday, yes, my team lost in four overtimes. So we don't have to talk about that. But college football means a lot. And it's, uh, to me, and it's, you know, because it is, if I had to say, it's my favorite sport. Because I grew up in an area that did not have a professional team. And the reason why sports are big in the South is because there's, there's, it's something to do. Like high school football runs the state on Friday. That is what you do in the state of Mississippi is you go to a high school football game. That's just it. That is how the state is built. And that is why pound for pound, uh, the Mississippi high school football system is one of the greatest in the country. There's no, Unlike their electrical no, grid in Jackson. Or, uh, no, the, yeah, the plumbing. The plumbing, The plumbing yeah. grid. Or unlike the education system in the state of Mississippi. Uh, football, we get right. Hell yeah. We put money in football. We don't put money in education. Seriously, you should look at some of the facilities we have in the state. It's alarming. Uh, but anyway, so football means a lot to me. You know what else means a lot to me, Randy Stan? Films mean a lot to me. And films were also, you know, it was an escape because like, I really, honestly, growing up, I had no like real connection with what an independent film was. Could have went a lot of ways there. I didn't know what you wanted. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think, I th- I just thought every movie was a studio movie. Mm-hmm. There was no like, indi- there was no clear distinction of what an independent movie, an independent film was. Um, and I just thought that what came out in the theater was what came out. And if it was direct video, it was Steven Seagal trash. That is what my thought process was. And, you know, it took uh, me moving out here. Uh, part of that, it just, you know, growing up in general, but, you know, getting that perspective. So uh, the combination of these two things that are still very, you know, near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, they kind of combine. And I also think it's, you know, fortuitous for that to fall on National Cinema Day, uh, the kickoff of college football. So I wanted to to kind of combine those two worlds um, in this very half-assed segment that I'm doing. <laughs> um, 
Now, I had thrown a film title out to Russell uh, for him to look up because this was my number one choice of something uh, that combines uh, football and horror. I also wanted to be horror, not just, you know, college football movies. That's easy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wanted to be horror. And I found one, Yeti Curse of the Snow Demon, uh, which is a sci-fi movie channel um, picture from 2008. Russell, is it clear to say it's nearly impossible to find? Wait, hold on. If that's the movie about people going out to a football game? No, that is a football team uh, that is traveling on a plane and they crash in the mountains and get eaten by a Yeti. That I haven't seen it. Damn. I wish I found it. Yeah. Yeah, I could not find it. That's what I wanted, and it's nearly impossible to find. I believe I found a copy of it on Amazon, uh, like a disc, but it was a hundred dollars. I think I saw the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh if anyone has an inside <laughs> track of Yeti Curse of the Snow Demon, send us a shout and a holler. Uh so I did not watch Yeti Curse of the Snow Demon. <laughs> and also I went a different direction, boys and girls. Um, I didn't go in the direction of a horror film about college football. Oh, no. I went in a very different direction. And that direction was uh, the star of the film I'm talking about, first of all, took place, uh, came out this year. New movie. Relatively new movie. The star of the film is a former college football and NFL star. So we're watching a real football player. Make his acting debut. So how special is this segment right now? And <laughs> not only, he was a big college star. And guess what, Russell Fisher? He was a fullback that was named cover boy of the Madden game franchise. Weird. Peyton Hillis. That name ring a bell to you? No. Peyton Hillis is a fullback. Randy, what a fullback is, is a slow running back who can block better. Uh, that is a uh, layman's term of what a fullback is. Um, they're basically for uh, athletic, slower white kids uh, to do that. And uh, Peyton Hillis played fullback at the University of Arkansas and then was drafted in the seventh round of the National Football League draft. Seventh round, Randy, is the last round. Uh, there are seven rounds in the NFL draft. Good to know. Uh, he was picked up by the Cleveland Browns, and because of a depth chart issue, they needed him to play running back, and he did. And he was pretty good. Oh, so good. much of it, they made him the cover boy of Madden Damn. in 2012. Um, he had a pretty short career, because uh, NFL running back career is, you're not very long unless your name's Frank Gore. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much the truth of the matter. So, Respectable career. Uh, you know, I, I remembered his playing days in, in Arkansas very well. Uh, so Peyton Hillis was a name that I clearly remembered. And he is the star of this film. Uh, when, a mysterious animal when a mysterious animal attack leaves a mutilated body in the forest, a conservative small-town detective must enlist the help of an eager wildlife specialist to uncover the dark and disturbing truth that threatens the town. This is The Hunting by Mark Andrew Hamer. Or it could be Hammer, but there's one M, so I'm going to say it's <laughs> Hamer. Okay. Um, first thing that we need to know about The Hunting. This is micro-budget. This is very small production here. Um, and, uh, not, we, 
we I don't think we see the werewolf until the third act. Um, we see a lot of cutscenes to that point. Um, this is a little tough. I tried to scour the internet to try to find one positive review of this film. <laughs> I was unsuccessful in doing so. Um, you know, look, man, this is a, this is a teeny tiny budget werewolf movie. You know, it is what it is. Uh, the acting, you know, Peyton Hillis. Keep, keep trying, you know, it, we'll get there. You know, we saw our boy Tito Ortiz in Crow 4. <laughs> you know, it can be done. I'll tell you, he's not terrible in this. And, you know, it, this is, uh, pull it up. He's a, if you see it. I, I got it up. He's yeah. a big guy. No, I actually, um, this is going to be a little weird, but he is my preferred Bobby body type for like a, like kind of like ripped dude. Cause he looks stocky. He's not like he's, shredded. He's like 6'2". But he's like. He looks like he could fuck somebody up. He honestly, I would imagine he'd be more like a uh, Johnny Nitro, John Morrison, it, playing the the Minotaur in uh, Dave Made a Maze. In his playing like, days at running back, he was about 6'2", 245 to 250. Oh, shit. Okay. He's fucking, yeah. But, you know, that's good for film because he doesn't look tall because of his big build. He so does when do he stands. Lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can dance around yeah. that. You know what the problem is? Mm. You don't make a fucking low-budget werewolf movie. Come on. Yeah. Um, also, you know, the thing with this, and, you know, we, we always talk about spoilers here, but it, it's part of the fun with this one. Um, boy, they, now, they, they do a twist here. Even though you're, you're saying this one's pretty rough, I kind of want to watch I, it. So I, would not, I would not discourage you not to. I would, okay. I would encourage you to do so. I don't know why I had to take the difficult route there. <laughs> um, yeah, man, do it. Because, dude, there's a, I, God, now that you do it. I mean, look, we're on the IMDb page. Randy, a, out of 10, it's 2.9. Uh, yeah, I see that. And the letterbox right is too. also pretty rough here. Oh, damn. It's just, it's a little slow at times where it doesn't need to be slow. And, the, and we're doing a lot of things that we don't need to do. Yeah. Um, But th th there is some interesting things here. And, the twist that they do, boy, it made me laugh. I don't know. I needed some sort of release, and it was just a good opportunity for that to oh, happen. Oh, no. <laughs> it was, I thought it was fun. Uh, yeah. And also, we, we, have, we have the wise Native American okay. here. Yeah. Um, Sherpin. I like that side of the story. And that actor was great. She's probably the highlight of the film. She was great. Um, there's some good stuff in here, but I'm telling you, I looked at Peyton Hillis, uh, and I was just like, you know what, man, you know, you could be a, uh, 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 what, what's our guy's name? Uh, Victor Crowley. Oh, Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder. Yeah, but he's got better arms than Kane Hodder. He's a, yeah, but I mean, like, he's, yeah, yeah. No, he, no, it's a compliment. Yeah, for sure. Kane Hodder, you know, part of his appeal is how rugged that dude looks. I mean, he was literally lit on fire. And survived, so he's got a little grit to him. But yeah, I I totally agree. I love the um, backdrop of being a football player too. I love it when they go into pro wrestling, and I think it's a cool thing to transition from. Dude, very quickly, we had um, Southern Miss, where I went to college, and uh, that's the team that lost four overtimes, and that's the reason why we had the second. Okay, so <laughs> uh, we had a linebacker named True Story. 
and uh, it, it, everything just falls together. It like we were really, really, really good in the 1990s. Now, college football is very different landscape now. But in the 1990s, we actually uh, could get top talent where we were. And we had a linebacker. This is tr- Russell, this is a true story. Mm-hmm. His name was TJ Slaughter. That's a good name. And he was an outside <laughs> linebacker. Google him. Oh, God. He has the most terrifying eyes you've ever seen. He looked like a sandy shark. And he did some modeling as well. Yeah, that's what popped up. Yeah. <laughs> he did some modeling. Uh, the scariest dude on the planet. Uh, there was a, uh, we played the Liberty Bowl in 1999. We played Colorado State Randy. And he had an interview. It was a, a press conference before the game. And they said, TJ, anything on your mind? And this is a true story from the press conference. He said, yeah, last night I had a dream. I hit the Colorado State running back. He died. (laughs) He gets up and leaves the press conference. Like teammates were scared of him. Like he, there are so many stories about TJ Slaughter. Um, And he, he did some acting as well. So like, you know, that's the thing is like, there are avenues uh, here. And so like, there's absolutely a future uh, for Peyton Hillis. And like, there are some things, you know, um, yeah, man, I just hate that, that this movie's getting, you know, you know, beat to death uh, with just bad reviews. It's a little slow, but there's some good stuff here. Yeah, you know, it, it's got some. It's easy, an independent uh, werewolf movie. We need to celebrate these. things. It's easy to beat up things like yeah, that, though. We need to we need to hold these things. Also, while we're tra- talking about our uh, favorite and most attractive NFL players, I just want to bring up mine, Clay Matthews. Uh, it's another thing me and Terrell have in common. Oh, I know you. We of both course, have Clay huge Matthews. crushes on Clay Matthews. Of course, you do. Without there was there would never be a question. I mean, th- there's also an infinite number of offensive linemen. I bet yeah. you would love. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But do they have the a Viking aesthetic that one strives for in the modern age? See, you love these. You love. You would love like the Nebraska football roster. You want these giant <laughs> Midwestern white dudes with long hair and beards. All right. Well, get me a calendar then. Exactly. Mark it down. I got a birthday coming up. God. <laughs> All right, are you done? Sorry. I think you just tanked our fucking hour-long show, by the way. What are you talking about? What are we at? No, we're probably like hour 10. We're okay. Oh, the, oh, the goalpost moves. <laughs> no, we always shoot for under 90. That's the goal. Here. Oh, under. Oh, okay. The interview went over 90. Oh, you're right. I yeah, forgot. I the, know I'm right. I forgot the show was the Overlook hour and a half. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting a little toasty in here. I do a little. Anyway, my turn. So if you're ready for hard-hitting film coverage, if you're ready to have your eyes and ears blown open with the possibilities that cinema can bring you in both life and in fantasy, then you are ready for us to apologize because we were wrong about the film and who was in it. Oksana brought to you the PR battle for blood. We need to come up with a name for that segment. Anyway, y'all voted on it. We need to get the segment right. How about that? (laughs) How about we do something right? Then we can name it. The Harbinger. The Harbinger. Harbinger. (laughs) Jesus Christ. The Harbinger. I feel like it needs another R in there. The Harbinger. It needs to take that R from LaCroix. 
and put it in. Yeah, I'm fixing the whole fucking language today. I'm slippery show. slope, dude. And uh, butterfly flaps his wings, dude. <laughs> butterfly kisses, man. So we have our PL. <laughs> I got the letters. Are you okay. The P- no, I'm I'm uh, at peak coffee and popcorn right now. So we had our PR brawl, and the winner that y'all voted on was the Harbinger. And I believe we teased this probably two weeks ago as the movie that had the Psycho Gorman girl in it. Um, it, it doesn't. So, Oksana, apologize to everybody. Here, let me turn back on your mic. Oops. <laughs> and it said, who was it? <laughs> it's the sister from the Black Phone. What's her name? Oh, it's the Black Phone girl. So the girl from Psycho Gorman is, how do you pronounce Nita, that? Nita, Jose, Anna? Yeah. And it's actually... Actually, uh, Madeline McCraw. All right. Your mic's going off. So, yeah, it's a black phone girl, which we all loved. I mean, two strong uh, young actresses. You didn't love her? We loved her. Yeah, she was great. That's what I'm saying. Her performance was great. Yeah, black phone. Black phone's good. (laughs) Fuck you. You know what? (laughs) Fuck you, Randy and Tim Dillon, who had the lamest coverage on that. Really expect more out of you, Tim. He's a regular listener. Anyway, the Harbinger. now, I, let me just give you my zoomed out uh, breakdown of this film. It's a PR movie, so we got it through a email where they're like, hey, do you want to watch this movie? And we're like, oh, yeah, it's got uh, the girl from Psycho Gorman in it. And then we're like, oh, wait, no, it's the girl from the Black Phone. Still good. Still good. And then we watch it. And we're like, oh, we're watching this because it has the girl from the Black Phone in it. <laughs> it felt like a movie that might have been shot like five years ago that was kind of like being sat on. But, you know, strike while the iron is hot. And we release it. Um, the good thing about that is that we're not above that on this show. And give us a weird one that got shelved. I'm into it. And then, but the problem here was I was trying to find some context. We start off the movie with the family who has just moved into it. You know, let me give you the, the synopsis because it's really going to help. Um, the Harbinger. When a family moves their troubled daughter to a small town and their neighbors start mysteriously dying, they fear something evil has followed them. Now, if you've ever seen a horror movie, you know, nothing fucking followed them. If you look at the poster of the movie, you're like, oh, the little girl is killing people. It's like children of the corn, but it's only one girl. And instead of like going to the cornfield, the cornfield came to you. So this movie's got a weird cast of characters. I believe we're set in Minnesota. Uh, I don't know if they actually ever mention that, but trying to figure out a little bit about the movie. Of course, we ended up on the trivia page on IMDb. And one of them is biggest set ever built in Minnesota. Now, when we were watching it, we're like, unless they built like a little suburb town, I don't understand what they're talking about. By the end of this movie, you'll understand. And here's the thing. This movie is horror, melodrama, lifetime. There's, uh, you know, there's a little bit of social commentary where a town will turn on new people. There's a push into religion. There's job judgment. There's uh, family dynamics at play, all this stuff. And the runtime is two hours long. I really like, so I watched part of the movie. Clark watched part of the movie. And then we both agreed, I think via text, that it's like, we should be watching this together. I think this is a film that would benefit from a group setting. There's a lot of strange choices made in this movie. Um, And if you're into that, if you like watching something different, this is that. 
It's not going to win any awards. It probably won't even get any love on Letterboxd. But if you're listening to this show, there's still hope for you in this movie. Yeah. I think uh, Mark Kate from Scary Thoughts, it might not be weird enough for him. So if you're somewhere in between him and, uh, I guess me, I don't know, Clark, did, what did, did you there, like this There one? are elements of that, man. There are elements. Uh, this is a strange movie, and I mean that as a compliment, but I also mean that of, like, ex- expect to be confused um, <laughs> very clearly. Uh, I, 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 I don't know what happened, um, to be honest with you. I got lost very quickly. Um, couple things here, you know, th- this, this, this young lady, what's her name? Madeline McGraw. Madeline. Uh, yeah. she's, she's, she's wonderful. She's fantastic. I, why am I turning into Trump? <laughs> um, but she underutilized. She's not in the movie. She's not in the movie. She's really guys, not. Her- because this, this turns into uh the uh will clipside show um he's the the writer he's the director he's the star this is his movie and when we started making the connection that this is his movie and then also watching the movie i mean this is it's his movie this is his showcase and i don't this is not his first feature but um also, I don't think he's been in a movie for a decade. And then this comes out. Um, so it's, yeah, the last thing he was in is the evolution of Andrew Andrews, where he played the titular Andrew Andrews. And then 10 years later, he's Daniel Snyder in The Harbinger. So, I mean, yes, I, I, I get a little bit of those vibes. You know, we talked about, um, you know, uh, Jason Cook's film, where we felt shadows of that. Where you know we're playing with melodrama to a certain extent, oh, and yeah. we're and we're kind of subverting that, but are we? And it's the it's that tricky sort of tango to where we get into because you know his character um, evolves or devolves, however you want to paint that picture. The, the further we get into this film. And he, it, he just becomes more unhinged <laughs> and like that becomes its own dynamic in the movie and I, which I really enjoyed. But as far as the story, uh, you know, it's, we kind of get hat on a hat and it gets a little confusing there. And I feel like it's getting a little too cute. Well, the story, we start off and there's no context. We're not really like painted a picture. There's like flashbacks and stuff. But, I mean, we're a horror audience watching this movie. We know already. And then we kind of just deal with that for a long time. Um, you're right, though. Will uh, Klipstein, is that his name? He, I, how yeah. would you describe his performance? It's, it's almost unfortunate that he's not alien enough. Because I feel like if he were further down the road, he could be like a Tommy Wiseau. But he's not. Instead, he's kind of like a sweaty stranger. And I don't know, like, he's in a suit, and I feel like I could only describe his performance as sweaty. Like, you feel like his palms are sweating all the time. He's constant in panic. He has, like, manic plateaus. And, I mean, these are all good things. He's interesting to look at. Yeah. But, man, the movie, it's so weird. It, it really feels like a Lifetime film going off the rails a little bit. And from a production standpoint. But, man, it's too long it's long i i think that hurts it more than anything 
Um, you you can make this a punchy seventy five minutes. Also, there's a third act where it goes places, and honestly, by the time you're an hour forty in, you just really aren't thinking it's going anywhere. And there's a set. <laughs> I heard it's the biggest they built in Minnesota ever. Uh, so, Mr. Klipstein, born in Gilroy, California. Oh, okay. Now, you also mentioned that Klipstein had been in The Evolution of Andrew Andrews. Yes, as Andrew Andrews. And, and here's the thing. Because I had the IMDb page open so long, it started playing the trailer of a different movie. It was that movie. Uh, now, let me tell you. That movie looks something. That movie looks like something. So if uh, we walk away with anything. So here is the <laughs> summation of the evolution of Andrew Andrews. 30-year-old Andrew Andrews has never had a friend, unless a three-foot rubber alien doll counts. In his quest to be a somebody, this clueless man-child ruins a full-length feature film in one morning. When his studio mogul <laughs> father exiles him from his cushy womb, Andrew must fend for himself for the first time in his life. Is it too late for Andrew to learn? I had to click to a new How page. to make friends, make money, and even make love? Or are some grown-up children forever? This heartwarming, oddball comedy takes you through the pains of growing up one laugh at a time. That Great. looks like the movie we should watch. Yeah, so we'll watch uh, <laughs> Billy Madison meets Arthur. Dude, he's got a three-foot alien doll, and it looks like too. somebody actually put some production value into that alien. Yeah. I, uh, that's what I want. I want Will to be bonkers because you could tell the whole time in the Harbinger he wanted to be bonkers. But sadly, there's a curse and a Satan child who screams in the backseat of a car oh. because they've driven onto Indian territory and the Indians are aware and they also have talismans. They also send Will on a weird mission to gather up a dagger that isn't under the boulder that he thought it would be in. Instead, there's a hole, this shape of a dagger. This movie is fucking bonkers. Did you see the tagline for the evolution of Andrew Andrews? No. The evolution of Andrew Andrews. Some awaken their inner child. Others need to put it to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> which also, would you it's a great poster which would you be you need to awaken or put that baby to bed there's a middle oh you're already breaking the rules dude uh, that's what i do dude I'm a, <laughs> I'm a punk kid dude hardcore for life so the harbinger um whoever casted this uh beautiful little girl madeline and brought her into the black phone after this film Keep you're doing God's work. Also, keep her safe. She's a child. Yeah, she's, we, we don't need a great. new Drew Barrymore out there. Yeah, be nice to them. Don't treat them like an adult. They're children. We've all watched the rehearsal. We see how that can take a left. That's right. Turn. All right. Protect Remy. <laughs> there you go. Protect. Hashtag save Remy. Also, how are you guys coping without uh, the rehearsal now? Oh, I feel like I almost never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Life's moved on. Uh, honestly, I've dipped back into Rick and Morty. And I'm playing uh, multiverses online because they've added Morty as a character. So if you're out there, hit me up. My name on Xbox is Mr. Fiskit. I hate most things what you just said. Uh, okay. Thursday episode. It's wonderful. You need to listen. You need to tell everyone that you know to listen. Thursday's episode. Uh, anything else? <laughs> before we see our friends on Thursday. I thought you were totally going to go into a further tease there. Nope. I, it's very hot in this room. I know. Oksana? 
All right, Randy. Last rights. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Listen to us again on Thursday. Listen to us next week. Don't Give us a rating on iTunes, Spotify. <laughs> you also saying what? what you say at the tag. Yeah, I know. I didn't have anything loaded though. What are you going to see this week? Uh, probably not a whole lot. <laughs> Great. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.